Hey everyone, Alexia here. Welcome to our podcast. Pastor Carly brought a powerful word today on worship, and we know it's going to bless you. You can head to vivechurch.org to watch the video of this message. Make sure to check out the website every week. We've always got something fresh and new just for you. Now here's Pastor Carly O'Rourke with Broken Altars, Empty Wells. We're not playing here this morning. My goodness, God's already in this place. And are you thankful for your house? Are you thankful for this house? Come on, are you thankful that God could have called you to any church and He called you to Vive Church? And I'm so thankful for what God is doing in this hour in our church. And I wanna remind you here this morning that a move of God doesn't just happen. We don't just wake up and a move of God happens. It happens because there's people at the top There's leaders at the top who are getting a vision from God. There's leaders who have courage to follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that is why we are in a move of God because God saw these leaders fit to carry revival. And I've been thinking, you know, I think the challenge for us Vive Church will always be to remain in a place of honour and faith. Because in Matthew 13, literally Jesus, God in flesh on the earth could not do miracles in some towns because there was no honour. He said because of their faith, He couldn't move. And I know this, that as we cultivate a spirit of honour, a house of faith, there's miracles locked up in the honour of this house. So if you love this house, would would you pray for this house? Come on, you can cheer, but I, I just hold on a second. Cause it's easy to cheer and go, yeah, our leaders are awesome. But if you love this house, pray for this house. If you love your leaders, pray for your leaders. It's really hard to criticize something that you, you are praying for. And there's so many people having conversations right now. So many people talking about the church, what the church should be doing, shouldn't be doing. I just know this, I just wanna get in the slipstream of the miracle. I wanna get in the slipstream. I don't wanna have an opinion. I just wanna follow the voice of God. And so I say that to honour you, my leaders. You make this look really easy and I know it's not. It comes at an incredible price and we honour you. We honour the price that you pay time and time again. All right, that's for free. (laughs) That's for free. If you've got your Bible, we're gonna go to Jeremiah 2 verse 13. Jeremiah, a prophet to the people. His family were in the priesthood. He could have been a priest. I think that would have probably been better, being in the church with the people that love you. But instead God said, Jeremiah, I actually want you to be a prophet to the people of Israel. And for 52 chapters, you read Jeremiah giving the Word of the Lord to a people that didn't wanna hear it. And time and time again, He spoke to the Israelites and and kind of warned them on behalf of God and and they weren't interested in it. So let's not be those people today. I think this is a picture for us. And Jeremiah 2 verse 13 says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me the spring of living water and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And if you jump a couple of chapters, a couple of books back in Proverbs 4, 23, it says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your inmost being, 
for from there flows the wellspring of life. And if I were you, I would just underline that wellspring of life. If you're taking notes here this morning, I want you to write this down. This is, we're gonna talk on these things. I want you to write broken altars, empty wells. Write that down, broken altars, empty wells. And I believe God has a word for us today. So let's pray. Father, I thank You, You're already in this place. You have, you have been ready to move. You are ready to move and to speak to Your church today. So I pray, do what I cannot and bring transformation. God, dial it into the very Word, the very syllables. God, would You dial it in and begin to write Your Word on our heart today. You can do whatever You want. God, this is Your house. This is Your day. This is, this is You. You are the King of this place. And so we welcome You and everybody online and in this building said, Amen, Amen. You guys can grab a seat. Thank you, Five Worship. Have a seat, have a seat, but stay leaning in because I'm not gonna go long today. And for the next couple of minutes, I'm gonna talk to us about this whole idea of worship. And I wanna ask you, I don't know what your first response is. Maybe your first response is like, oh, fantastic. This is just for the worshipers today. All the musical feelers in the house are like, woo, this is our thing. This is our jam. And maybe you're like, oh, I'm more of a word person. So that's a bit of a bummer. I thought I was gonna get like a juicy word today. Well, I kind of want to talk to you about that. I want to ask you a question. Why is worship so intimidating? Why is it so confronting? Can I, um, can I bring you into the life of a worship leader? Is that okay? Have you ever wanted to know what goes on in our heads up here? Because <laughs> we're like, you know, worshiping, but we got a whole bunch of things going on in our head. And, and I want to bring you on the inside today because as a worship leader, I get to have what I would call the stage view. I get to see things you don't get to see because you're facing us, but we're facing out. And so you just need to know we see everything. I'm so sorry if I'm bursting any bubbles today, but we see you when you're like a hot mess trying to come into church and make it on time. And we see the ones that come in at 9.45 with the Starbucks and we're like, I mean, I mean, if you didn't get the Starbucks, you probably would have made it. Um, and uh, we know when you're fighting. We know when husbands and wives are fighting because one of you storm in and then the other one comes in later. And we've seen new relationships birthed in worship. That's one of my favourite, watching people just talking it up at the back of the room, like, God, bless them. Bless that relationship that's happening in the middle of this worship experience. <laughs> uh, we know, we see, I've seen the flags. I've seen secret flags. I've seen flags pushed into purses that come out at random times. Um, we've had sneaky shofar attacks. If you don't know what that is, just go Google shofar. Um, we've seen the diehards. Like, I don't want to, I don't know how candid to be, but we have favourites. We totally have favourite people. Like, as a worship leader, you have the people that you're like, all right, Saray's in the house today. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Pastor Michelle's on the front row. She's probably going to throw us off, but, but it'll be a party. So we have favourites. And there's one trend that I've noticed in all of my years of worship leading in any church I've been in, doesn't matter what nation of the world it is, there is this trend where people come at the last song. And so much so that I've actually coached worship leaders. This, you're gonna think I'm not a Christian for this, but I have coached brand new worship leaders and I've said, come with me. And we open up the curtain and I say, there's no need to be nervous this morning, I'll tell you why 
because there's no one here. Like they, don't worry, the Christians will be here for the third song. Don't worry, the Christians, the church will come for the Word, but right now you just go for it because it's just the diehards here today. Kind of like credits at a movie, give or take it, give or take it. And isn't it funny how we can relegate worship to a component of a service that you either like or don't like? It's either the style that you like or, you know, it's just like, again, the the credits of a movie that I, I could give or take that. And so my question for us is why is worship so confronting? Why do we have a problem with worship? And as I was thinking about this and preparing for this message, I began to think, I actually don't think we have a problem with worship. I think we're actually brilliant at it. I think we've been doing it for as long as we can remember. I think we have a problem with the way our worship is ordered. I think we have some disordered worship. And you know what, when when the worship of our lives is disordered, we actually enter into what the Bible calls the sin of idolatry. Now I know you're like, dang Carly, why you gotta be so intense so soon? But simply worship, if you break it down, it comes from the word worth. We give worship to the things we find worthy. What we value is what we sacrifice for. So simply we just, we worship what we find worthy. My question today is what if the things that we find worthy are not actually worthy? And who's determining the system of value? Who's determining the system of worth? We're gonna look at this in a second. When you look at Jeremiah chapter two, I kind of got a bit stumped because I read this and I I got it. I got the first half. I was like, okay, cool. God's annoyed. He's calling out that they have forsaken Him. Okay, that I can understand. Yeah, I can relate to that. There's been times in my life I've done that. But God, why are you so annoyed that they built some wells? Like, why are you so annoyed that they built some cisterns? And as I began to read into this passage, I began to understand, God began to show me that they didn't just forsake me, they replaced me. And there's a big difference. You see, you can forsake something and come back to it, but, or you could just completely replace it. You see, what the Bible talks about is a cistern. A cistern is a really shallow well. It's about seven feet. It's about just over the size of a human. And you see, what would happen is it would collect the rainwater. It would collect the water that came off the buildings, out of the clay, off the rocks. And so it would house this water. And they said that whenever they drank it, it it tasted like the earth. It tasted like the earth, tasted just, just like polluted water. It was always contaminated. It wasn't like fresh water from a well. And I began to wonder, wow, I wonder if that's a picture of our worship sometimes that we could be the people of Israel of, you know, I'm just gonna forsake giving worship and I'm gonna begin to build these wells that I'm gonna drink from. And we do it, it's wells of of praise, it's wells of affirmation, it's the thing that that we don't wanna confront. So rather than confront, why do I have this desire to wanna be worshiped? Why do I have this desire to wanna be praised? What I do is begin to throw myself into these wells and I begin to dig it and I I begin to replace my giving of worship for receiving of worship. And and, and you can do this, you just gotta open Instagram to see that we want praise, we want recognition. We we don't know how to give our worship and so we build these wells. And the problem with the well is it tastes like earth. It tastes like everything else. It doesn't actually satisfy. It leaves you thirsty. 
You only have to look around to see how many thirsty Christians there are. And this has been the problem since the beginning. Where did Lucifer start? He he, he forsaken God rather than giving the worship, he began to take the worship. So this is always gonna be our battle church. This is always gonna be the fight of our flesh to wanna give what, what we want given to us. And it reminded me of a woman at the well. Reminded me of a woman in John 4 who came to the well. The Bible says she came to the well like every other day. Just coming back to the same old things, coming back to the same old Instagram, can I get more likes, my vlog, more influence, more adoration, more affirmation. I'm just gonna keep going to these things, building a new well. And so she comes to the well and she's like, oh, I need a drink. And Jesus meets her at the well. And he's like, hey, you don't, you don't want the water you think you want. And I wonder today how many people are looking at the church, going, man, I need a drink. But you kind of look thirsty. Huh. You kind of look thirsty. Does anyone know where to get some real water? Because you look thirsty. I thought, I thought you'd have the answer. See, we've gone to dig our own wells. And the reason Jesus confronted them for digging their own well is because He said, I actually have a well that I already have made for you. See, John 7 says, those who believe in me will have rivers of living water flowing through you. You see, a cistern was about seven feet. A well was a hundred feet, but a spring of living water That's 8,000 feet. That's kilometers down and down and down. And I was thinking, what if the well that we dig, these empty wells, these places of, of emptiness that dehydrate us, that never actually hit, what if we're not supposed to be building empty wells? What if we're supposed to empty the well that's already in us? What if rather than digging, we're supposed to get this bubbling up, bubbling over, that we begin to empty a well for people. We begin to empty the well of worship. We begin to move and disclutter and move the things and let a well of life, let a well of worship out. Oh, you're meant to empty the well to empty the well. You know, John 4, Jesus says, hey, this well, you'll never come back for this well. It runs deep. There's more than enough here. There's enough for everybody. There's enough to minister to people. And I wanna ask us, church, are we willing to be a people that will empty the well, that we will just begin to leave these empty wells and we would begin to let the well of worship empty it out, empty it out. Here's some water, here's some fresh water. Here's some water that's not contaminated, not polluted, doesn't run out. It's a wellspring of life. And the Psalm says, spring up a well, spring up. We're gonna do that right now. Because if God spoke to me, like I got wells, I have to leave. So I know we all got wells we need to leave today.
And I wanna teach you real quick. I wanna make this practical. I want you to close your eyes all across this place. Sometimes that well gets blocked with stuff. And as we begin to give worship, as we begin to give praise, things get unclogged. The river starts to move, it starts to bubble up. And no worship team on earth is good enough to do this for you, it has to be you. So I wanna encourage you right now, why don't you begin to empty the well? In your own words, church, this is just worship in its purest form, is to say, God, I give you glory. God, any praise that I have taken, I return. I have a wellspring within me that is bubbling. It's the Spirit within you. The Spirit testifies with our spirit. It's always speaking. So in this moment, would you begin to find the words? Would you begin to speak with your own voice? Begin to pour out your praise. Begin to give glory to God. So worship you. that simple we complicate it we make it intimidating that is that is how you enter into the presence of God you know it's okay to come to God and say God I don't know why I desire all of these things but I don't want to desire them more than I want to desire you he's robust he knows if you could hear my prayer before God sometimes I think I don't know I think you'd be shocked God, why do I want people to see me today? What do I want the likes on Instagram? What do I want that? Why do I want those things? Why do I want the praises of man? You see, the praises of man does something to a man. 
It corrupts the heart. It corrupts the heart. It's like, ah, oh, I gotta get that out. That's an empty well. That thing can't hold anything. There's a well to empty. You can have a seat, I'm almost done here. See, broken altars, empty wells. I wanna to talk to us for a minute about the altar. And we don't talk about the altar too much these days. You see it all through the Old Testament. For anyone that doesn't know, the altar was the place of sacrifice, was the way to get to God. And so what they would do before Jesus came on the scene was they would take an offering, an animal, and they would, they would kill that offering and they would offer the blood. The blood would atone for the sin. And the problem with this sacrifice is they had to do it over and over again. It was never, it was broken. It was a broken system. It didn't work. And so Jesus comes on the scene and is the atonement for everything. He's the ultimate sacrifice, the blood of the Lamb, the spotless Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And He is the sacrifice. And you see worship and sacrifice are directly linked. If it's not sacrifice, it's not worship, church. You see, David, he overcomes a battle. He wins a field and his friends say, oh, offer that to God. And he's like, I can't, it didn't cost me. It didn't cost me anything today. I can't, I can't bring that to God. You see, in the light of grace, a response is required. Grace requires a response. And Pastor Adam said it before, Romans 12, you know what God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your everyday, your walking around, your everyday life, and I want you to present it as an offering before me. And what's changed is it's not an outward offering anymore. It's not an external offering. The offering is now an internal offering. And I wonder today what's on the altar of our lives? Is the altar in ruins? Is there nothing on the offering? It's like, God, I just, I'm here I am. Because you can't separate theology and doxology. Theology, your, your experience of the character, the nature, the goodness of God will always respond to doxology, which is the expression of worship. You cannot encounter the, the true presence of God and not be moved to worship. So if you can't find your worship, go back. Go back and look at the kindness of God. Go back and put the filter back. Oh, okay, grace requires a response. Grace requires a response. And I found this in Psalm 51. I found out the kind of offering God's looking for. David prayed this in Psalm 51. He says, you don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. He doesn't want a burnt offering. He doesn't want an external offering. The sacrifice God, my sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. That, oh Lord, you will not despise. When I ask you, is the broken, is the altar broken today? Does the altar of our lives need to be rebuilt? I wanna ask you in the light of that passage is what's on the altar broken? 
Have we got a sacrifice on the altar that's still living, kicking, screaming? This speaks to the will of a man. This speaks to the brokenness of a heart. Is What's on your altar? Is it broken? Is there a life on the altar? See, we can be on this platform, even a worship team. I'm talking to a worship team today. Because sometimes we wear our sacrifice like a badge, like the altar of my sacrifice. Look at this. The altar is not a stage to display a sacrifice. It's the altar where you slaughter the sacrifice. And what I have found is that every day I have to get back on the altar because what's living sometimes isn't always broken. Sometimes it's broken for a day. And then I go back to a well where I need to get back on the altar and bring a broken sacrifice. Bring a sacrifice that's broken, a heart that's humble that says, this is all I have, but you can have it all. Is what's on the altar broken this morning, church? Because that's the only acceptable response. It's the only acceptable response. Hebrews 13 says, let us continue to offer a sacrifice of praise. Let us continue day in, day out. Let's make that a habit. Oh, I'm gonna just get back on the altar. I just gotta kill some things. I gotta break some things. Cause that is what is attractive to heaven. When, when worship, when we worship, we change. God doesn't change. That's why we worship Him. But when we worship, we change. We begin to become different. We begin to see different. We begin to care about different things. The church begins to be effective when we worship. What's on the inside gets out. The river begins to flow. We're gonna do that. We're gonna take a minute. Broken altars, empty wells. Why don't you close your eyes here in this place? when we talk about You, we feel Your presence. I just believe God's filling every living room, every person driving in a car, every person sitting in a hotel room. I don't know where you are right now, but you can create an altar right there in this moment. And we're gonna worship, that's our response. Our response is worship. Our response is to offer ourselves as an offering before God. Come on church, would you begin to just give yourself again? Would you get back on the altar here this morning? Would you take the parts of your life and bring the brokenness and, and put it on the altar? Would you begin to offer yourself again? God, here's our worship. Here's our worship. Here's our worship. This is my offering. Come on, would you lead us team? Would you lead us?
Alexia here. If this message spoke to you, we want to invite you to share it with someone you know so that it can bless them too. And we want to hear from you. God has been moving powerfully in this season, and we want to hear your story. Go ahead and email us at mystory@vivechurch.org or direct message us through YouTube or Instagram. Last, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a message.